KRXO FM and KRXO HD Oklahoma City. KRXO Claremore Tulsa, a product of Tyler Media, reaching over 1 million Oklahomans every week. Now, TotallyTickets.com presents the Franchise Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Postgame Show on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa. Hello and welcome in to the Franchise First Take Thunder Postgame Show. Nailed it! Yes, you did! Nailed the intro. Nailed the intro. The Oklahoma City Thunder get the victory tonight over the Phoenix Suns, 102 to 97. I am Matt Burton. Yes, you are. Yes, you can follow me on Twitter at I am Matt Burton, like I just said. I am joined with Brady Trantham tonight at Brady Does Sports. I'm in a big red coat. It's cold in here. It is a little cold in here. I think Kelly Gregg left his fan on. There must be some Toros in the atmosphere. (laughs) (laughs) That is the voice of Ryan Chapman um, at Radio's Ryan on Twitter. A little different sounding tonight. Because the, the boys, won? the boys gave me the boys gave me the keys tonight. I'm driving this ship. Oh, tonight. that I, I didn't oh, yeah. notice. Congrats, driving spaceship tonight. And uh, yeah, so the Thunder win, like I said, 102 to 97. Brady, a, t- a two game winning streak. What's going what on? What is this? This was not part of the tanking uh, guidelines no. to win two in a row uh, on the road. Against, uh, on West Co- West Coast tips on against Chris Paul of all people of all people um, we are going to uh, let, let's start off with uh, with, with this uh, Al Horford back in the starting lineup tonight kind of played like a man possessed a little bit eight of twelve from the floor five of five from three finished with twenty one points eleven boards uh, two assists in thirty minutes played got, and Brady I'll, I'll just start off with you he looked like a guy. Who finally got some sleep for the first time in uh, however many weeks. Yeah, uh, finally, 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 after having his fourth child uh, and what seems like uh, almost a month off, I think he's only missed, what, six games? Maybe five or six games? Yeah, six. Uh, um, certainly a player that the Thunder have missed if they're wanting to win games because Al Horford is probably the, the most accomplished, the most well-rounded player on this team uh, if you want to debate Shea Gillis Alexander, fine, but I, I think it goes without saying Al Horford helps this team win basketball games in the short term. And today you saw exactly why. I mean, this is going to be uh, a game where Sam Presti is going to copy it. He's going to blow it up really big and put it on every billboard across every market in the NBA, preferably the ones that have uh, first round picks and young assets to just kind of throw around because that is, of course, the name of the game when you're talking about potentially moving Al Horford around the trade deadline, but in terms of tonight, uh, just phenomenal. And those three point those three point makes early on in the first quarter, Matt. Uh, not only were they important. I mean, you can just look at the scoring. The Thunder scored 17 points in the first quarter to the Phoenix Suns is 32. And you're thinking, at least I was. All right, man, they're going to get run off the floor. I think I even told you guys during the game, like, are they going to get? Are they just going to get absolutely run by Chris Paul with no Devin Booker tonight? Because that's the other thing. There's no Devin Booker tonight. Uh, didn't really matter against uh, Portland last night. They didn't have CJ McCollum. The Thunder were able to get the win. Uh, but it was looking fairly ugly. But Al Horford's shot making in the first quarter, I mean, 17 points is terrible in a quarter to score. But if Al Horford doesn't make any of those shots, I mean, you're talking about an 11, 12, 13-point first quarter, and then it probably wouldn't even matter that the Suns decided, yeah, we're not going to make any three-pointers in the second quarter at all. Right, and and Ryan, Ryan, we talked about this kind of in the game. It started off 
It started off looking like the two Clippers games. Yeah. And back to back. Like not only the point differential was almost exact, but just the same kind of uh, just couldn't hit any shots. Couldn't yeah, hit any shots. For sure. And and that's where I think Al Horford uh, like Brady said was essential because that center position is like the big glaring hole in this roster when he was gone. Isaiah Roby did a great job filling in. But uh, we'll against put the accomplishments on the fridge, yeah, good job, Isaiah. But, but against a guy like Aiton, like this would have been one of those games, just like the the Clippers games, where you're just going, the Thunder are so overmatched in the paint that it's not even funny. And, and then shout out to that second unit that came in. I think that it's no coincidence that Al Horford comes back. Every member of that second unit is back to playing the role that they are most used to playing, and the second unit then. Turned it up immediately in that second quarter. Brady, you talked about the Thunder, um, you know, without Al Horford maybe scoring 12, 14 points in the first quarter. Well, who would who would score less than that? Oh, yeah, the, the Phoenix Suns. They only put up a 10 spot. How does that happen? Didn't make a three-pointer. Like, how does that happen in a game in the NBA? I believe they were 0 of 6, so they, they didn't really take that much, take right. that many shots. But you could certainly tell they probably thought the same thing I did. Where like, all right, this game's over. The, the Thunder aren't, aren't good. Uh, we're hitting every shot. We're feeling good about ourselves. Uh, let's just kind of back off a little bit. The Suns are, they're a weird team. I'm giving them a little bit of a pass. I mean, we'll, we'll get into the Thunder, but I'm giving them a little bit of a pass. They started off the season fairly well. Um, but if you guys remember last year, the Chris Paul-led Thunder took about 14, 15 games to get rolling, to get to the point where finally... Oh, yeah, they have the best record since Thanksgiving. You remember when that was kind of the, the going line? That was about 50, after 15 games. The Suns are now there, but they had a week off because they couldn't play due to COVID, due to contact tracing and all that. So they come back, finally, they get two losses in overtime to the Denver Nuggets. I think they had one win over Memphis or something. But they're, they're, they should be better than what they showed tonight they should be better than what their record is so in that sense even without Devin Booker this is a phenomenal win for Oklahoma City and quite frankly it was a fun game to watch for uh, a quarter where one team scores 17 the other where another scores 10 this was a fun game to watch yeah no it, it definitely was and uh, Ryan I want to get I want to get your thoughts on this because you weren't with us for the Blazers game um, Shea Gilgis Alexander he kind of redeemed himself a little bit he missed two he went two for four um, earlier in the fourth quarter, but then kind of iced the game. That was he. He tried to he tried to help the tank out against the Blazers by just missing free throws. Went I think three for eight in the in the fourth quarter. Right uh, against the Blazers. Uh, what'd you make of Shea's night tonight? And then, I mean, I was happy for him to to see him bounce back and knock down some free throws. Which I mean, I was I said last. Uh, Whenever we had post game, last post game, I said that, I said <laughs> that was, I was confident. We've slept that he, since then, right? I was said that he, we were. I was confident in him. Uh, that that he would step down and and or step up and knock down knock down those shots. Yeah, look, you could tell. I think that he was in the mood that he wanted to bounce back. Um, this is kind of what I had been excited about is that we thought Shea had turned that corner as far as no longer putting out scoring nights like six for eighteen from the floor. Shea's been getting his points and he's been doing it really efficiently over over the last two or three weeks. He was not that tonight, but to, to your point, he only missed two free throws, and it was those two kind of in that you know midway point of the, of the fourth quarter. Um, it, it put the Thunder down until Lou Dort came and bailed him out with a big three, which can we just talk about Lou Dort's ability to draw 
like illegal screens. <laughs> that was comical. That's the man. respect. That's the respect he gets as one of the premier defenders. Yes. Yeah. I, it was what three in like six possessions, yeah. and Chris Paul was Lou about Dort, to kill a man. Chris Paul was about to lose his mind. Lou Dort's already getting respect from the refs. Hamdou Diallo gets respect from the refs when he gets goes to the rim somehow with how out of control he gets, and he still gets foul calls like he's prime Jordan. I I, I don't get it. And well, and I think that too. Another thing that killed SGA's shooting night tonight was Abdul Nader putting the clamps on him in the second quarter. There were like three or four possessions where Abdul was like, look, guys, I've been trying to tell you, Shea will just run into the lane with no plan at least twice a game. If you just stick on him, it should work out. But uh, I'm not as concerned about this inefficient night because of what you said, Matt. The, The ability for Shea to come out and say, I'm going to assert myself, I'm going to take that game, just put it on the back burner, the, the poor performance against Portland, not even worry about it. I'm going to come out and, and do me. That's what I like to see out of these young guys. And I still think he's in that point where I was talking about this with Christine all the way back on Sunday after the second Clippers game. That I really feel like Shea, I know it's only, what, 17 games or something like that at this point. I feel like Shea has moved out of the where he personally has to take that step forward to average like 20 a night. And like the next step for him is to elevate the play of everyone around him. So that's what I'm going to be looking for the rest of the season because I think he's there. So uh, great bounce back performance from Shea tonight. You're not going to be 7 to 15 every single night. And they still found a way. He, he found a way to help out on the boards. He, he obviously got the assist rolling with eight assists. Like he did a little bit of everything. Right. Just, uh, we're going to read through some more stats here. Shea Gildas Alexander, we were just talking about 21 points. Eight assists, seven boards, shooting six of 18 from the floor, two of seven from three, which surprised me because Shea's been shooting career high in three-point percentage. He, he looked like he's, he's fixed his shot, but uh, just still not, not, not there yet. N- not, as, not so much spot-up shooting this year with him being right. on the ball primarily. That's just, I mean, that's just something he's going to have to learn is the uh, pull-up jumpers. Right. Another, another guy that I was, I was pleasantly surprised by because he had, he had had a couple games where... Uh, I mean, I know it's probably unfair for me to put this on a, on a rookie, but Teo Maladon tonight oh, yeah. did some really good things. He did some great things tonight, and just reading through his stats, 11 points, 2 assists, 6 boards, 4 of 7 from the field, uh, 3 of 6 from the 3-point line, 50% from the 3-point line. He had a big drive uh, in the fourth quarter, too, where it was kind of like, all right, well, you know, all the starters are out, but Teo, you know, kind of took it, he just kind of took it upon himself, and Saw a play to be made and went and made that play. Brady, what what did you think of Teo tonight? After you know we we hadn't been on him, I wouldn't yeah. say that, but we, he had he hadn't played kind of to what what we were used to. Yeah, uh, shame on me. I didn't even mention la- uh, the other night when we were doing uh, the post game show after the Portland win that uh, Teo Maldon had his first start. I mean, George Hill is still out with the uh, finger injury. Uh, nothing serious. I I would imagine he probably comes back either the next game or when the Thunder return home to Oklahoma City in a few days. But uh, Teo Maldon, his second start, certainly looked a little bit more comfortable as the game went along. It, it appears to be a little bit of a, a learning curve for him because, I mean, early on he was missing passes, like routine passes. He was just a little inaccurate. He caused one turnover that went right under Lou Dort's uh, legs in the corner. But late, man, I mean, really, let's start with SGA, though, because that pass to Teo with and I'm trying to find exactly when it where it was but it was late in the fourth quarter and to me it really put it really put the ice on the game it was the dagger 
Shea had this awesome cross-court pass, just an awesome one. Right after Chris Paul actually had a nice little mid-range jumper in, in vintage Chris Paul style on the other end, Shea just comes over, finds Tail Maladon by himself on the elbow, and he drains the shot. And then about a minute or so later, Teo di- just drives right up to DeAndre Aiden. This dude, say what you want about him. He's never won overall pick a few years ago. I don't think that highly of him, but from a physical standpoint, if I if if you tell me Teo Maldon's going to drive at DeAndre Ayton, what do you think's going to happen? I'm like, that's probably a turnover. I mean, there's something bad's going to happen. And Teo got the shot to fall. So I mean, people were excited about Teo Maldon's game uh, in the preseason when he just came out of nowhere because the expectations are at zero with him. Right. Uh, but tonight was a step in the right direction, and it's something that you certainly get excited for if you're a Thunder fan because yeah, you don't ideally want to see him in the starting lineup. And as long as George Hill is on this roster, it's going to make the more sense that Teo comes off the bench. But uh, certainly a step in the right direction for the young point guard. Yeah, no, uh, big fan of what Teo did tonight. But that that drive there, the fearlessness, his ability. Like I, I think that Teo's still about half a second slow on his decision making, which is totally understandable in his first twenty games as a professional in the NBA. Right. But uh, his when you see when all that just turns off and he just plays basketball, you can tell he's just a really savvy player, knows how to use his body, and so you saw all of that right there on that drive going up against Aiton. So uh, it, like I hope that he gets more and more minutes so that he can just acclimate because I think he can be a part of this franchise, a big contributor going forward. Yeah, and I think that's why I don't know. I f- I feel bad that we we've been kind of hard on him in the past couple games. But I think that also shows like how much we we think of Teo Maladon. We love him. We love we love Teo. Do we just not like the French? Is that what it is? I love the French. I so. love the French. I love their fries. I love their fries. Their fries, yeah. fries are amazing. Fries, you know. Kisses. Oh. oh, oh wow! It's it not is. quite like ten thirty. Is that is that ten thirty? Ten thirty. We'll get into post game after dark. Oh yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. And no Jerry Ramsey for that. Stay Thank tuned. goodness. My God. Thank Best goodness ever. that guy. Um, so much hair. <laughs> Although we this this show is suffering because without Jerry, only one of us put their sneakers on the hardwood. I guess what what's the equivalent of hand yeah, in yeah. the dirt? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that thing that he likes. But you know, Burton's here, so only one of us slapped the floor yes. on defense. Yes, yeah. and then got immediately blown by. Right. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, only one of us blew out their Achilles trying to jump. <laughs> but. Uh, and guys, one one last thing before we get to player of the game here. Um, was it just me, or was Chris Paul the only threat? <laughs> Chris Paul was the only threat for the Suns tonight. He's I know they didn't player. have. I know they didn't have Devin Booker, who averages twenty three a game. So that I mean, things probably would have been been different tonight, maybe. But Chris Paul was the only threat for the Suns tonight, and honestly. I think the Thunder played really good defense. Yeah, I mean, Chris Paul, he is the mid-range god, the point god. Uh, I thought from about the four-minute mark to about the minute-and-a-half mark, I thought he was incredibly passive, and I, I mean that in the most complimentary way because he's making all the right plays. But it took him, I think, I think it was... He found out way too late that, all right, these guys just don't have it. Like, my teammates aren't hitting shots. Jay Crowder's playing, like, finals Jay Crowder, which is terrible! I'm just going to start missing all these shots all of a sudden. Uh, Kale Bridges can be 
hot randomly, but he was not hot tonight. He hit one three in the fourth quarter, but that was that was about it for that. Uh, Cam Johnson, eh. DeAndre Ayton was acting like he got fouled when he didn't even get touched. And, he, <laughs> and Lou Dort was and, on him. And he doesn't know how to set screens, apparently. I mean, back yeah, to the drawing disaster board. Disaster class. Back to the drawing board with that. So I thought Chris Paul, if he would have found that out a little bit sooner, I think that the Thunder might have been in danger uh, of losing just because I think Chris Paul just methodically getting into the mid-range, getting into the paint, and hitting those those silly shots that look like, how the heck is he making these things? Like, in the in the era of three point shooting and the era of getting to the foul line and this dude's over here hitting these YMCA jumpers over us and you can't stop it and you can't stop it like as great as Lou Dort is on ball Lou Dort wouldn't have been able to do anything unless he just punched Chris Paul and didn't get called for the foul so um, I thought good luck for good fortune for the Thunder for Chris Paul to not find that out but uh, once he did it was a little bit too late the Thunder had made some shots Teo Maldon like we had said Shay Gildas Alexander getting to the foul line and no, not having Devin Booker hurts, but I mean, in a season where you're playing every other night, attrition is going to, going to be kind of a factor that everybody's going to deal with. The Thunder have already had to deal with it as well, and then of course COVID and contact tracing. Everybody's going to be dealing with with these disadvantages, and uh, the Thunder took care of business. The Suns weren't able to. Look, this one played out like a Fast and Furious movie. All right, Chris <laughs> Paul was Paul Walker. He hit that Nas tank a little bit too early. Engineered that 18-0 run there in the third quarter, and then. Guys, I hate to be this person. Shea is not Vin Diesel here. It was Lou Dort. <laughs> Lou Dort was the one sitting back in his Mustang going, too soon, too yep. soon. I've so never you seen almost it. had me? You never had me. Yeah. because never I, had your car. Dort had the huge three. He had those three drawn, you know, illegal screens. He was the primary defender on Aiton on that play down the stretch where Aiton could have had the put back, and he just airballed it because he thought he was going to get mauled like – uh, Lou Dort was very, very Darth clutch mold. once again down down the uh, stretch here. So Lou Dort is Vin Diesel. That is my final answer. He's Vin Diesel, but better at getting offensive foul calls. Probably a better actor. More hair. And probably a better actor. Well, we've read through some of the stats. Let's go ahead and get our Thunder player of the game. Now, the franchise Thunder player of the game. Brought to you by Volkswagen of Edmond. And Ryan... Would you like to do the honors? Yeah, I'm going to go with Lou Dort. I, uh, similarly to Chris Paul, went out early there. Look, only an efficient 5 of 11, but that 4 of 8 from 3 was the big thing for Lou Dort. And then once again, the defense down the stretch. Tonight, it's not going to show up in the box score. Zero steals, but it was those three turnovers he forced in the form of illegal screens that, that just killed any chance of Chris Paul getting into rhythm there in clutch time. So it, for me, it's got to be Lou Dort. I want to say Lou Dort, but in the good spirit of being interesting on the radio, I'll go Shea Gillis-Alexander. Not the most efficient night. Uh, Four turnovers is a little bit uh, too much because two of them happened in the fourth quarter. Uh, That missed free throw, you know, especially coming off the heels of the Portland game where that could have been a colossal collapse considering how it could have been lost with those missed free throws. Uh, I, I thought that Shea just made winning plays at the right time. That pass to Teo that I that I mentioned, uh, finding that hold in that fraction of a millisecond in the defense where he realized, oh, I can just take the ball right to the rim with little to no resistance at all. All right, thank <laughs> you. Uh, just having the awareness in late game situations like that—that's what we want to see out of SGA. I mean, of course, like we said, the pull up jumpers—that—that's going to come with time. Him knowing how to attack, how to shoot better. Uh, now that he's playing primarily on the ball, that's going to come with time, but. Uh, you don't just learn how to win in clutch situations over time when you're not playing in clutch situations. And the Thunder have basically played 
tight ball games outside of three or four examples thus far this season. And so that is just that is just so important for this franchise. That is so important for SGA. It's, it's important for all these guys, for Lou Dort. And I get that some fans are out there like, oh, man, am I going to be looking back at this game and the Portland game, you know, three, four months from now and going, I wish we would have lost those games. Right. Would have been much better for the, for the uh, draft pick. But I think long-term wise, when you're talking about players that are going to be here for a while, games like this are important. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with that. But... You agree you know, with guys, it, but you're going to be like, nah. But yeah, no, Shea was trash tonight. No, I'm just kidding. Shea was great. <laughs> he was good. He was good tonight. But I'm going to go uh, with Al Horford. I think he was also the uh, the broadcast. That's probably of the game, true. You know, because you know, I'm just going to cop out and be lazy on my answer, of course. But uh, no, copying off game, of Michael Cage's work. First game back uh, for six games after the birth of his fourth child. Congrats again. And you know, like like we said earlier, the man got, finally got a good night's sleep. Uh, eight eight of twelve from the floor, five five from three, eleven boards, twenty one points, and we we kind of brought up last uh, against the Blazers about Isaiah Roby and like it, you asked I think Brady if he was someone to keep your eye on for the future and like all that stuff. Um, but seeing Al Horford tonight, Al Horford back tonight, it's kind of like okay, yeah, no, that's exactly that's exactly that's what this why. team needed. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what what they needed. Uh, so I'm going to go Al Horford. Um, but guys, stick around. we still got more post-game coming up. Plenty of post-game. we got so tank, commander, tank Commander of the Game. We're going to dive a little bit deeper into this game. And uh, yeah, we'll be right back. Come back to the Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Thunder post-game show. Presented by TotallyTickets.com on 107.7 The Franchise and 107.9 The Franchise Tulsa. This makes me move around. This was great. I wasn't ready for that pause. I was like, oh, is a joke being it played? It was very on. pregnant. But no, I love that. Yeah, I love was, that. The first time we dropped that for Brady, he had a minor panic attack, I think. Uh, <laughs> He's like, did it freeze? Well, I'm old now, so it was probably a stroke. I thought we, were, I thought we were missing Sharon! something. But it's okay. It's okay to miss something on this show because this is not only live radio. No, it's not, Matt. Burton. This is also... The OKC82 podcast, which you can find on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere that you listen to podcasts. But not that Google Play. Not that Google Play. Wait, really? Is it not on Google Play? No, did, no I'm sure Did it we is. get taken off? No, I'm sure Did we get it taken is. down? Do we I, need to take it to Google Play? When, I'm, when I had the RSS feed made a long time ago when it was built in a lab, I, uh, you know, I spread it to the four winds, so right. it's everywhere. We need to... We need to dump all of our uh, Google stonks. I was about to say it, it got. Uh, <laughs> Can you all someone those explain to me what GameStop? Like, why is everyone talking about it? Well, you stonks. see, Brady, they they offered more than twenty dollars for your return games. <laughs> my goodness, like let's, I knew let's, it'd catch up with me eventually. I shouldn't have taken three dollars for my Nintendo sixty four Mario Kart. Man, that joke was funny the third time I read it on Twitter today. <laughs> oh, man. By about four p.m., I was real over it. So original. Let's try and keep people awake on the road as they're driving. Yes. In the evening. Sorry, sorry to bore bore you with my with finance stonks. bro. With my finance bro talk. Four hundred percent, bro. That. Bye bye bye. 
Oh, man. Um, speaking of someone who's probably into stocks, um, <laughs> I didn't know where to, I didn't know how to segue oh, that. About so Mike Mascala? Like, what are we? Well, they're, all they? million, they're all millionaires, so of course they're probably interested course, in that. Stuff. I hope they all have diverse portfolios. <laughs> you got to diversify your bonds. I think somebody in the Wu Tang clan said that. Did, did they? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, allegedly. <laughs> Guys, I'm going to start off by saying the quiet part out loud. Poku had probably one of his best games. He did. He had, he had the good I know defense. people. I know it's the cool thing to like hate on Alexei Pokushevsky. I get it. I think uh, I get it. Okay, he's he, all right. I'm I'm gonna break it down real quick. All right. He we need to stop hating. Min- he was we, only a minus four. We need, we need to stop hating on Alexei Pokushevsky. There, I said it. Stop all the hate. I get it. I get it. It's fun to meme around and that. Oh man, he's so awkward looking. That the way you know, I get it. I get it. The undershirt seventeenth bicep. He was the seventeenth pick in the draft. Okay, he wasn't drafted to be great right away. So let's not be shocked that he's not setting the world on fire right away. He's nineteen years old. Okay. Can hey, he just Matt? be better than Bull Bull in the bubble in the preseason <laughs> right. exactly. games? But Matt, were you aware that Alexei Pokashevsky is younger than most of the prospects in this draft class? Oh yeah, the Thunder sent out the memo that whenever his name is is mentioned, you have to say that he is uh, he's the youngest player in the league. The youngest player in the league. But yes, no. Anyway, sorry, rant over. Uh, yeah, quiet part out loud. Poku tonight, uh, Ryan. This prob- is probably one of his best games. Oh, I I think so. He's really like legitimately coming along as a help side defender, uh, which I, I guess is a great place to start. You get those instincts down, and he's doing a really good job of, especially when he contests shots. He it's I don't know. It's not timid, but he he does enough to contest it without drawing a foul, anything like that. And that's what you want. So I've been really pleased with how he's coming along on the help side part of things. And hey. It, I'm I'm not against being like we all know it's a long term developmental project with Pokushevsky. You can take the time to say the Thunder are gonna work on this, then they're gonna work on this aspect of the game and so forth. So and you've heard it from I believe Al Horford before he, you know, left for the birth of his child was talking about how Poku's like a sponge in practice defensively. Mike Muscala said that. Dagnalt's been really pleased with it. And I think you're seeing it. His shot selection, still spotty, three for eight tonight, but one thing at a time, and if it's the defense that comes first, that's what that's what is going to allow him to stay out on the floor for extended periods of time and get more and more minutes as his career goes on. Almost even better if the defense for sure. Goes first. Yeah, I mean, y'all say three of eight and go, oh, it's you know inefficient. But I look at that and say there have been how many games that's one of his better where shooting. he won't make a shot at all after <laughs> yeah. shooting six, seven, eight attempts from the floor. So three of eight is great, uh, just from the optic standpoint. But I think you're right. You're onto something, Ryan, in that. Um, his ability to not look like he has absolutely no idea what he's doing because you look at him, you look at his numbers, and you get this general idea and you get this casual feeling of, oh, he, he's lost. And there are a lot of lot of examples you can point to, especially like weak side defense rotations where he does appear lost. But when he's actually on the ball defending somebody, he knows what he has to do. His body just isn't there yet from a physical maturity standpoint or just from a... It's kind of like what we saw out of Darius Basie offensively last year where he is trying to make the right play. He is just not savvy enough to do it just yet. So with Poku, the tools are there. And tonight, you know, offensively, fine. It started off terribly with the two awful pump fakes or the biting on the pump fakes that resulted in two buckets. But um, he... 
settled down. And I think I even told you guys, I want to see him finish the game with the starters. Each, one, that each one more must have the best pump fake in the game because the way he bid on those. Remember when he well, dropped 40 on the Thunder like two or three years ago? My yikes. <laughs> well, well, the, other, the other thing, too, is I know that with Poku's inefficient shooting nights, we've said, hey, at least the confidence is there. Uh, where I think that manifests most in his game is the fact that when he does pull down that rebound, he's not looking around for Shea, he's not looking around for Hami, whoever, or, or Teo. He's immediately pushing the pace and saying, this is what Coach Dagnall wants. As soon as you get the board, push the pace. So I, I've been really pleased with that as well. He, he's making smart decisions on the first pass as well uh, when he's running transition. Yeah. Um, no, I, I completely agree. Poku's, he's, he's a weird one to figure out, but Again, like like we said, he, he's we, he's two years we away from being two years about away. His appearance, Matt. He's two years away from being two years away. I'm not. I'm going to hold off judgment until he can legally have a have an alcoholic beverage in this country. Fair. I'm going to hold off judgment. But no, he he looked good tonight. One of his better games, um, guys. The shooting was continue for one Darius Basley. Four of thirteen from the field. One of eight from the three point line. Uh, had seven rebounds, was second leading rebounder behind Al Horford, who had 11, and uh, 10 points for Bays. I'm starting to question just like what exactly it is, because it's getting beyond just a bad shooting stretch. Right. And you you come off the Portland game when you're thinking like, okay, maybe he's found something, he's found some rhythm on this road trip. Uh, hopefully he goes into Phoenix and does the same thing. And he had a big shot, Lee. I think it was that one three-pointer that he actually hit. Mm-hmm. But it's starting to get to a point where... Is he just kind of lost right now? Is he just absolutely lost where nothing is going right and it's just because he is so lacking in confidence, not necessarily just him in general, but just from what he's put on the floor, what he's put on film, is he lacking confidence from that because of the the increased responsibility of his role, uh, the increased responsibility of having to defend guys much physically uh, much more physically mature than he is and how that's going to, you know, cause a lot of mistakes. I'm starting to fear that he's just lost right now. That doesn't mean he can't right the ship, can't get everything corrected, and then go on a nice month-long stretch in his own right. I mean, he's certainly capable of scoring. He's certainly capable of being an efficient scorer. But uh, I will just say, at least he's still rebounding. At least he's still playing some adequate defense at times. He's not mailing it in because his shot isn't falling. So that's, that's the one optimistic thing you can take away from Darius Baisley. I just think it's a situation where he's trying to shoot his way out of it but this is also the first time where he's had enough of a green light that him trying to shoot his way out of it means that you get 11, 12, 13 shots out of Baisley instead of five or six. Because there were times last season in the bubble where he'd you know be one of five, one of six, and you're just like, okay, well, there just weren't enough shots to go around for it to be a, a huge red flag. So you're still having to feed Steven Adams, Dele Gallinario, those guys. Now, I just think it's a, it's a rough patch. Yeah. I'm not super worried about it, but... The difference that we're seeing is he has that green light to shoot 10-plus shots a night, and that's what makes it look just really bad. But he's still locked in defensively. You can tell he's frustrated. The body language shows the frustration, but it's not leading to dumb, ticky-tacky fouls. It's not leading to giving up on plays. Like He's hanging in there. It's just, and you know, he'll figure it out, I think. Right. I, I do want him to keep shooting because, I mean, if you take a young guy who is used to, he's now getting used to taking more shots. And then, you know, he, he, he that has one tonight, one, one of eight from three-point line. If he only shoots one next game to the game after that, and, sh- and clearly showing that he's just lost all confidence, I, 
Uh, that, I think that's one of the worst things that can happen. So I, I want to see him shoot his way out of it, no matter if it is another one for eight game. I want to see him keep shooting. You have to shoot yourself out of it. You cannot lose confidence and just be like, okay, well, I, you know, I, I have to stop. I have yeah, to stop. Darn. They maybe need to stop trying to get these opening sets in the first quarter where he, you know, fair, flat, or, excuse me, fans out to the uh, three point line because when he misses that first three pointer. He's kind of like Brady Manick with OU basketball, where he, exactly what he, I was misses, thinking. he misses that first shot. You can tell in his body language, it just kind of ekes into the rest of his game. Uh, maybe do something else. Get him closer to the basket. Uh, maybe get a lob. Just get him something easy. Maybe even try to get him something closer to the rim so he can get to the foul line. He's, right. a, he's an okay foul shooter, so just put him in a situation where it's a little bit easier for him to see the ball go through the hoop because that's really what it's come down to, is he just needs to see the ball go through the hoop so bad and again I just feel like he's just a little bit lost and that's kind of comes from the lack of or just the poor body language when he just misses his first shot it's not the end of the world just get back out there right exactly short term memory bro well and I think that for the Thunder too if you just swap Baisley and Horford and you put Horford out there on the flare like it gives you just more offensive options as far as you run a pick and look pick and roll look with Baisley if it's defended really well well guess what Al Horford's probably going to have a little bit of space to fire up a three to to get things going there like it's best for all parties and I just think that it's one of those things that they're trying to force it early and and maybe just let let the game come to him and because you can tell as the game wears on this has been the thing he's been shooting four of whatever but most of the time, like two or three of those buckets come at a really key moment in the third or the fourth quarter. So once he's been played into the game, he, he settles on in. So I just think that maybe don't force the issue. Let it happen organically. Exactly. And I, I just want to I want to let it be known. I said bro on purpose to we appreciate make, to make Brady a little man. So we, inside joke, you know, Bruh. inside joke on the Bruh. radio. I know it's bad radio, but. Um, yeah, no, I, I would like to see Darius come off some pick and rolls and stuff because I do think that he has that in his skill set to, you know, facilitate the offense and you know, come off of come off the screen and find the roller or find whoever pops and I, I don't know. I think I think he has that in his skill set. I'd like to see more of that. What pops? Uh, what pops in, in my in, joints usually? Oh, some okay. old, uh, yeah. Rice Krispies, arthritis. But after they snap and crackle first, there you go. Popcorn, pop rocks, popcorn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pop All rocks as well. Yeah, pop, pop music. Um, <laughs> oh man, this is just going off the rails. Oh, so. <laughs> anyway, you want me, do you want me to hit the button over here? We can try to do our tank commander of the game. Fingers crossed, everyone. Three, two, one. Nope. Nothing. Nope. We're going. Brady. We're going. Tanking. Yeah, yeah, we're going. <laughs> we're going. Uh, a tanking. To the quad. <laughs> to the gymnasium. <laughs> All right. Oh, Seamless. Snafus. Seamless. Yes, I love, yes, I love when technology doesn't work. It's great. Phenomenal. Skynet. Um, <laughs> um, the Brady, future is not set. Brady, who was your tank commander of the game? And I think I have a guess for who yours is going to be. But go, go ahead, ahead and guess. I think it's the guy that you said yeah. anytime he plays. Yeah, Justin Jackson. <laughs> Shout out to you, my friend. Uh, he played how, how many minutes did he play? Two? He played seven, seven minutes. Yeah. He played seven minutes of tanking. That that was seven minutes of tanking. <laughs> seven minutes in heaven, that was seven minutes of absolute hell. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's okay, but yeah, anytime he plays, I just I see nothing but bad, bad. And I see I just imagine Sam Pressy going, Yes. You know why? Continue it's losing. Because he went to North Carolina. <sighs> yeah. Wow. They're a football school now, Matt. That's true. I don't know Matt if you Brown. know about that. Uh, what was his name? Sam Howell. Yeah. Hey, Matt. What's your major? What you ever? 
Vibes. What was my major? Vibology. Oh, yeah, it was vibes, yeah. <laughs> you, ever, <laughs> you, ever, you ever fail one of those vibes tests? Oh, what if no. I, what if I just asked the you? Coach K thing? Oh, no, my, he oh, my was bad. put under a lot of stress, okay? It wasn't his fault. He had a bad day. You know, have you, know, you ever had a bad day, Ryan? Have you ever no, reacted actually, poorly in no. a situation? He needs to stop being mean wow. to kids because if he's not, that hair dye is going to start melting down the side of his face like it did Giuliani. <laughs> he does not dye his hair. It's all natural. Okay. okay. Coach K is a beautiful man. Okay. No, but he shouldn't have attacked that student reporter. That was uh, <laughs> He attacked him. <laughs> that was very, very unbecoming. Assaulted verbally. My take commander of the game, Kenrich Williams, for one reason and one reason Ooh. only. Why... Are you going to go out and try and start talking mess on Chris Paul, the only player for the Suns doing anything? Like, you do not want to make Chris Paul mad. Don't make him extra motivated, anything like that. If you just let him, just let Chris Paul lie. Let him just be like, nah, the team doesn't have his night, whatever. No, Kendrick Williams goes out there, makes us a game by getting Chris Paul all wound up. Stupid! I was about to say, Chris Paul, Chris Paul kind of turned it up after that, too. I mean, look, we say that. You say that, Ryan, but what was it, not seven years ago when some nobody named Patrick Beverly ran into Russell Westbrook's knee? And we could have said, why are you going to act like that? Why are you going to do that to an all-star? Why are you going to do that to in this situation? Thinking that we'll never see this dude again. He's he's garbage. He's a scrub. You know, he's going to be out of the league in a year or two, especially after that nonsense. And then he's still here. I'm annoyed by his presence as well. Like, don't worry, but. I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe Kenner Williams is on his way to a a goon <laughs> career. I mean, it, it's Kevin Durant. What do you? Oh gosh. What do you want to do? It's Kevin Durant. Ah, uh, bringing up, opening up old wounds. That is what the franchise first take Thunder post game shows for. Uh, mine is going to be Mike Muscala. Had a great game against the Blazers. Our, all of our player of the Come game. Come back to earth. All of our Mike player Muscala. of the game on uh, whenever day that was. I I don't know what days are anymore. Monday. It was Monday. Okay, thank you, Ryan. It's anytime. It's almost Thursday. Almost Thursday, but yeah, no. Mike Muscala had 23 points last last game. Was the player of the game for every single person who was on this post game show. Was a splash brother. He was a splash bro. <laughs> I know what you're saying. <laughs> he only had two points tonight, so don't well, say. I'm gonna, do, I'm gonna do abs during the break. I wasn't the splash <laughs> sibling. Um, Oh, geez, this is going off the rails. Um, splash. So, <laughs> splash neighbor. <laughs> a splash neighbor. Anyways, that was the tank commander of the game. We have around the association coming up and a bunch of other fun topics I'm sure that we'll get into. No more GameStop, though. I think we're done with that. But all that, AMC, next. All that and more. Back to the Oklahoma City Thunder First Take Thunder postgame show. Presented by TotallyTickets.com on 107.7 The Franchise and 107.9 The Franchise Tulsa. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that. We're vibing now. We're vibing now. Welcome back. No vibe to, on Matt. You do not vibe on me. You better not. Is this, do I look like a guy you want to vibe on? No way. No way. No, you got the all matching sweatsuit going. Yeah. No, I'm wearing these bad boys. Um, welcome back to the franchise First Take Thunder Post Game Show. I am Matt Burton at I am Matt Burton on Twitter. Joined by Brady Trantham at Brady Does Sports and Ryan Chapman at Radio's Ryan. Oh, hi, Ryan. Hello. Hi, Ryan. guys. How are you? You know. Shout out, to Christine right Butterf- Shout out to Christine Butterfield, wherever she is. Yes, I miss Miss Christine. Um, glad you, she has the night off. You can miss me with the Madison Morris, you know, mentions. 
the Minchies. We, we don't. <laughs> she who must not be named. Yeah. Um, but anyways, it's the it's the post game show. Thunder win one hundred two to ninety seven against the Phoenix Suns. Uh, first game against Chris Paul since he got traded, and he was the only one really that did anything for the Phoenix Suns. And uh, that's really all you need to know about that game tonight. But we've talked about that game way too much already. It is time for Ryan to take us around the association. Perfect. Yep. Gentlemen, okay, let's get this out of the way. We had one game, Bulls-Grizzlies, that was postponed. Only one tonight. Good job in NBA. Elsewhere around the league, the Pacers take out the Charlotte Hornets, 116-106. to 106. Sabonis, a.k.a. Isaiah Roby, <laughs> 22 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists, a cool triple-double. P.J. Washington for the Hornets, 18-8 and 4. Elsewhere, the Cleveland Cavaliers beat the Detroit Pistons, 122-107. to 107. The Pistons currently leading the tank race at 4-14, four and 14, but Jeremy Grant did have a good night. Former Thunder, 26 points, 3 rebounds, and 2 assists. Jeremy. Yeah, Jeremy Grant going off, doing things. We got to do something to stop the Pistons from tanking. We got to do. We got to do something. Well, Troy Weaver is. Yeah, he's just taking it to Sam Presti right now. Yeah, he's department. he's showing that he was he was the real tank commander all along. <laughs> when are they playing Oklahoma City? Hell no. Sometime. A movable object versus a stoppable force. <laughs> the Thunder will sit. Shea Gilgis Alexander. Personal reasons. Darius basically Lou Dort all out for personal reasons. Congrats. The Pistons. Al Horford again. Congrats. Another child. Another child. <laughs> Another child. George, Hill, turn around. George Hill had a paper cut. It was it was so much blood. It's terrible. <laughs> it's just awful. Actually, Trevor Ariza came comes back, he plays one back. game. Yeah. Has no idea what's going on. <laughs> what offense is this? Oh uh, man. Okay. Okay. Trevor Ariza just had what, 30. <laughs> Buddy Heald, former Sooner, went to Orlando and downed the Magic. Kings won 121-107. to 107. Buddy had 29 points, Yay. 5 rebounds, and 3 assists. Vucevic led the way for Orlando with 26-9 and 2. The game of the night that everyone was worried about, the Atlanta Hawks. My Atlanta Hawks, hometown Atlanta Hawks, hosting the Brooklyn Nets. That game goes to overtime. But the Nets ultimately outlast Atlanta, one thirty-two to one twenty-eight. Harden with thirty-eight points, or sorry, thirty-one points, eight rebounds, fifteen assists. Trey Young, twenty-eight, three and fourteen, a massive double-double for both Harden and Young. Uh, Brady's Miami Heat uh, continue to struggle dealing with COVID stuff. They fall yes. eighty-two to one hundred nine to the Denver Nuggets. Yes, the Seventy Sixers topple the Lakers in a game that no one cares about, one hundred seven to one hundred six. I'm sure no one was watching that game. Everyone's glued. The to Heat that have been really game. good at only scoring in the eighties. Yeah, it's it's in commemoration. I mean, what is it, the fourteenth fourteenth year anniversary of their 06 championship run? So they're going to score like it's two thousand six. Yeah, Perfect. they're scoring but in the eighties because that, you know Miami Vice wasn't that an eighties show? And yeah, that'll get you in the top three in net rating scoring in the eighties and <laughs> low nineties at that point. During the NBA's history, all all they need is D Wade to come back and lead them because he could actually play that offense right now. <laughs> Did you guys see what him what he's trying to get his wife to do? Gabrielle Union, an OS, uh, an OS. He's, he's, I'm he's abbreviate. He's I'm trying ter- to get he's trying to get them to get a OnlyFans yep. account. And let me tell you something. Being the large Dwayne Wade fan that I am. <laughs> the Milwaukee Bucks beat the Toronto Raptors 115-108. Giannis was 24-18-9. Norman Powell ability. led the way for the Raptors in the loss, 26 points. Spurs beat the Celtics 110-106. 
Let's see. Pelicans beat the Wizards 124 to 106. Jazz keep on rolling 116 to 104. They top the Mavericks. Only one game left in action. Uh, Splash Bro singular. Steph Curry leading the Warriors 92 to 70. They're up uh, on the Timberwolves. That was around the association. Please, let's. We're never talking. Thank about you very. The, much. We're never talking about the heat again. We're done. <laughs> Thank you very much, Ryan. I appreciate that. Anytime. Man. Well, quick subject change. Baylor was at one point beating Kansas State tonight in the first half, forty-one to seven. Oh my goodness! Baylor I, I is still re- is really good. I still cannot wait. Oh, you hasn't played Kansas State, Manhattan, right? Correct. Still can't wait for that L. The octagon. <laughs> <laughs> that was like. That's like a. Uh, High school JV girls game, like when uh, yeah. <laughs> one of the teams is really good and the other one is just terrible. Forty-one just, to seven, just oh, a man. disaster. Unfortunately for OU, when they go on the road to uh, the Octagon of Doom, they perform like Conor McGregor in the Octagon. Long Kruger's oh, wow. got like some contract bullet point where he he just can't win on his hallowed ground of Manhattan. I'm just happy OU and UNLV don't have a yearly home and home. That would have been awful as well. <laughs> oh man, I miss Vegas. I miss fun. I miss basketball. I miss people. (laughs) (laughs) We're literally stuck in this studio all day. All day. And Ryan all night. I'm sorry about that. Not to peek behind the curtain too much, but I'm sorry about this. Um, One, I I, I don't want to call it interesting, but one thing that came out today, I saw it from Joe Masato. The OKC Blue are going to play in the G League. A 15-game schedule uh, starting on February 11th. Uh, who do we even see on the on the blue? Not that it really matters. I know, I know this isn't really like a huge talking point, but I just wanted to see like, do we get to see Poku go down and play some minutes, maybe? Or well, I, they're bubbling up, so I can't imagine you're going to have yeah. guys that are going that are back and forth. So I think that bubble teams are going to be bubble teams. So really. Thunder fans should be watching the Ignite play. That's the exactly. That's the preferred uh, preferred tank squad for the Thunder, the Wolves, the Pistons. Couldn't they name themselves the Purple Cobras or something? Team Ignite. What are we doing? Team they're, Ignite. They're igniting your future, Brady. Yes. Uh, any any tank fans? Was it Jalen Green? Jalen Green, Jonathan Kaminga. Kaminga. That oh, guy. That guy. Can play. So Jalen Green, Jonathan Kaminga. Those two are. Ones that you need to watch if the Thunder somehow get a top five pick. Kaminga has that those games. I think that size. I think that game's on ESPN between the Blue yeah, and ESPNU uh, on February 12th. Wait, ESPNU? They yeah, they play. Is that allowed? Or That's they... two days before Valentine's Day. Uh, DM me and Venmo me like $5. You can use my ESPN Plus account. Ooh. You know, hey, I'm just helping the people, right? Helping the people. Well, I... You have to do that because Dana White eliminated streamers. The one guy that streamed, one this one singular dude, he got him. Yes, I did not stream that fight. We got him! I did not stream the McGregor-Poirier fight. Oh, uh, McGregor lose? He did, um, sadly. He got punched in the face. I like I like Dustin Poirier, too, but, you know. I mean, what happened there? Like, explain Donald it McGregor was just cool. He's just cool? So uh, Dustin, Dustin Poirier, I'll just short synopsis, he... Dustin Poirier kicked him in his calf a bunch, Ow. and then and then Conor McGregor couldn't move, and then you know he was Dustin Poirier just started teeing off on a target that can't move. Brady, so. what happened was a bunch of people on Reddit started backing Poirier. <laughs> <laughs> Elon Musk GameStop, was there. GameStop, something about yeah, and short then and then the stock market crashed, and then something about a squeeze. I don't know. Yeah, Steve Carell came on your screen, and <laughs> right. 
<laughs> but the uh, the Thunder win to go to are they seven, eight and nine now? One step closer. Eight to 500. One step closer. Sorry to all the tanking fans. Uh, One hundred two to ninety-seven. Guys, I did before we kind of wrap this thing up. Uh, I do think that he get he deserves a special a special mention tonight because he probably was the player of the game. Lou Dort. Let's just let's just go go back around to Lou tonight because it didn't start his, off pretty at all. It did. It didn't. But ended up four of eight from three, five eleven from the floor, uh, fourteen points. Didn't really have have much in way of assists or rebounds, but that's not his game anyways. But on the defensive end, I mean, he, he guarded Chris Paul, and Chris Paul, like we said, he balled out tonight. Thirty two points was the only son that was really threatening for the most part. The still still giving up thirty two points and saying that he played a great defensive game. I know, I know it kind of sounds weird, but Lou Dort, I, he is one of the premier defenders in the league. He, he has to be. Yeah, I mean, he had those three uh, moving screen calls that he drew. And the other thing, too, is we talk about that contest on Aiton there that, that caused the air ball, which really sealed it for the Thunder. He fearlessly launched into that with five fouls. Like, the, yeah. the control that he has to be able to consistently contest and, and know that a, he has that respect level already from the referees that he kind of gets the benefit of the doubt, right. but B, that he can be an effective defender without fouling. Like, you can't say enough about it. And, you know, there have been nights where he's had a ton of steals to, to stuff the box, uh, you know, the, the box score and things like that. Tonight, it, it didn't show up, but but he made winning play after winning play on the defensive end, and he's just as big a reason as any uh, member of the Thunder as to why they were able to close it out there in the fourth. Sorry, I was writing on this uh, napkin. I'm writing rap lyrics, and it's basically just how the Suns score. Ten points <laughs> in the second quarter. How do you do that? No, Lou Dort, um, I was a little surprised. What? When did they play Portland in Oklahoma City? Was that the second or the third game of the season? It was really early on. Um, they played Portland, and Terry Stotts and Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum all said, Lou Dort's one of the best premier, he's one of the more premier on-ball defenders in the league, and I'm like, look, I think highly of him as well, but all we've seen out of him is, what, 14 regular season games last year before the bubble, then we saw the bubble, then we saw the playoffs, and that's when Lou Dort really announced himself to the entire basketball world, but that's just a playoff series regarding one guy, and maybe it was just a fortuitous matchup between he and James Harden, where that that type of player is just what Lou Dort is very good at guarding. And then two or three games into the season, and he's already being heralded as one of the better on-ball defenders by Damian Lillard, by C.J. McCollum, by guys who just do nothing but score on everybody, no matter who's defending them. And so I thought, are they just being nice? they got to... They got to win in a tightly contested game on the road. Are they just in a good mood, wanting to compliment somebody? But it has really come to fruition how good Lou Dort is defensively, how smart he is, how he can guard different types of guard, how he can guard different types of players, whether they be guards or wings or even guys at the four spot. Because he's so stocky and strong, right. he can man up. He, he's not a mismatch when he gets uh, when he gets on, on the rotation like that. So when with him bringing it on the offensive end. And like I said, it started off really ugly. I think he missed his first two threes and his first three or four shots overall. But 50% from the three-point line tonight, shooting 42% from the three-point line overall this season, 
I don't know when we can say that this is now consistent. Right. I mean, it's gonna come. It's gonna come down to maybe on the high end if he keeps this up every every game this season. It's gonna be you know thirty five, thirty six percent, which is great. Yeah. That if we would have guessed that anybody would have guessed that in the off season, you'd have been laughed at <laughs> with how Lou Dort shoots, with how the mechanics are a little bit inconsistent to say the least, but. He somehow makes it work, and you—I mean, Matt—you kind of mentioned that assists aren't really his game, but incrementally, slowly but surely, over the last few games, he has gotten a little bit more confident, putting the ball on the floor, going to the rim, and dishing it off to a cutter. He can and do that. He can do that, and the—the the beautiful thing about it is, you would think by watching him dribble the ball around, by watching him just play, he appears to be somebody that looks a little bit out of control and somebody that could probably. Get called for a ton of charges just because he's so big. Yeah. He's going a hundred a hundred miles per hour into the paint. That's not a recipe for success a lot of the times. But he's so under control at the same time. So it, he just gives me he gives me. You know, don't mean to bring this word up to you. Uh, he gives me the vibe of a player that can be more than just a three and D guy, which would still be a great success for a undrafted two-way player to become a great 3 and D guy, That's that would be a great compliment to his game. But what we see slowly but surely um, with all these games, Matt, I feel like he can be something more, but it's still far too early for that. No, I do too, because he, he does handle the ball well. He handles the ball well, and he is... Uh, I don't know. Whenever, whenever he does, he really doesn't do it that often. But whenever he does attack the rim, he he is really good at attacking the basket. So I, I think he could definitely add that into his game. I, he has that. He has shown flashes, but that would just that would be awesome. Like like I said earlier about Darius Baisley, I'd love to see him come off some pick and rolls. And I think Lou Dort could at some point get to that spot where. You know they're running some pick and roll, trying to run some offense through him, and he could maybe facilitate. But you know, like, like you said, kind of just w- one step at a time, right? Oh yeah, and Ryan, you've been chopping at the bit to talk about those three um, moving screens that he took, where <laughs> DeAndre Ayton just didn't know how to set a screen properly. It is incredible, and he almost got a fourth one. Yeah, like he was he was really cl- if he hadn't have got his feet tangled up with Chris Paul, I think he got the fourth. <laughs> and Chris Paul was he was going to like sacrifice someone live on the court because is that what really helped the Thunder win this game? Were just those moving screens because I, honestly, the Suns started to take a little bit of control away from Oklahoma City. They started to grow. I think they I think they had a seven point lead early in the fourth quarter, and then the Suns just could not run an offense in, in half court, and it was because Lou Dort was just getting thrown around like a rag doll. But it seemed very purposeful. Like he 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 wasn't flopping. Like don't get me wrong, he wasn't flopping. It was earned. But man, is he smart? Well, it was one of those things you talked about. Chris Paul um, wanting to spread the ball around a little too much, and then I think that by the time he realized that no one else was hitting it, he was frustrated because that was three possessions that were taken away from him just by bad plays. One by Jay Crowder, two by Aiton there. And he was frustrated and, and wasn't really his normal self in clutch time after. So it kind of took Chris Paul out of his rhythm, out of the game. And, and that's why like, I truly think that, you know, as weird as it sounds, drawing those uh, illegal screens won Oklahoma City the game. And there, we, there was our segment, uh, giving Lou Dort his flowers. That was, that was our, our flower segment for Lou Dort. Even though people give, it to, give him his flowers all the time, but it never hurts, you know. No, Matt, I'm glad good that crap. you had the courage to, to come on here. And, and say Lou Dort is good. And have yeah, us I'll say, say good things about Lou Dort, because no one else in this market, no other fan of the... Th- like, no one ever talks about Lou yeah, Dort and how he's no, placed. I will he's kind say of forgotten. 
I will. Yeah, I will say it when no one else is brave enough to. I will say it. I will step He's up. He's the second best Canadian on the team. You know. Like. <laughs> also, uh, congrats if you had the under in this game. Uh, the over under was set at two sixteen. Way under. Congrats. Oh, you need to uh, give a quick shout out to your dad because his favorite player. Oh yeah, dad. Uh, I, I know you're listening, uh, Papa Burton. I, I, I'm sure. I'm surprised I didn't get any texts, but Abdul Nader. One sequence. Right. He it hit wasn't a three. only. Wasn't only the first game against Chris Paul, former Thunder. <laughs> it was former Thunder Abdul Nader. He hit a three on one end and then on the opposite end, block Shea Gittles Alexander. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, it's going to be an Abdul Nader revenge game. Revenge game. And he hit, <laughs> I think he hit one more three after that, too. And I was just like, this is this is number one, number one option at all times, Abdul Nader. I remember that. I remember that. But looking ahead to the next couple of games for the Oklahoma City Thunder, they play the... Brooklyn Nets at home uh, on Friday, and then a not back to back, but you know playing the same team back to back. The Houston Rockets on uh, the Monday, the first of February, and then the third of February as well. Um, James Harden and uh, Kevin Durant make their first return to Oklahoma City as teammates. Wow, crazy! Do you guys know? Hey, did you know? Did they ever play together? That they used to play together in Oklahoma City? That's crazy. I was in college I never knew then that. a lot, and uh, I don't remember college that much. So yeah, Who does? Who does? Kevin who? <laughs> but, I believe uh, it's, it's pronounced Durant. Durant. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm not expecting a whole lot from, from the Thunder out of the Brooklyn Nets, especially if James Harden and... Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Well, who's going to play defense? That's the question. That's very true. I know one person who will, Lou Dort. Um, but anyways, those are the next couple games for the Thunder. Guys, I think it's about time that we put a bow on this and you know just get out of here. I'm good. Any more final thoughts? My <laughs> dad. Guys. Well, my dad. Oh, there <laughs> we go. My dad has responded. And... <laughs> Uh, it's, it's just, it's not great for <laughs> to show you that, right? I'll show you in a second. It's not, it's not, it sounds like something we cannot read. He misses, he, he misses Abdul Nader. We'll just put it that way. Um, anyways, that is your final tonight. 102 to 97. Thunder get the win to go to eight and nine, seven and nine, eight and nine, whatever. It's just something, something you know, and nine. They're one game away from being a 500. Please get Cade Cunningham. Please. Anyways, this has been your... Franchise first take Thunder post game show. I am Matt Burton. That was Brady Trantham. Also, thank you very much. Good job, Matt, for producing Ryan Chapman. Guys, I I, I know we joke around on here a lot, me especially, but uh, very much thankful that you guys let me drive tonight. So thank you very much. I appreciate it a lot. It means more than you know. So thank you all. Have a great night. And you've been listening to the franchise on 107.7 in Oklahoma City.